Father Joseph White. Welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. It's a different experience, right? We're we're closer now. We're not socially distancing. I know. I feel like I don't have to yell anymore or (laughs) I can see you a lot closer, you know. It's It's like, hey, Rudy, how's it over there? (laughs) Rudy. You know, I think we had to wait like five seconds between each response just for it to get over to each other. Like we were doing it via satellite, right? Yeah, exactly. So how have you been? Great. Yeah, I've been really good. I mean, it's been the best time of my life. I'm getting ordained June 5th, and so just over, uh, almost about two months, and it's just been an incredible journey. Uh, still very surreal that I'm a priest, and um, so it's been it's been awesome. Been doing really well. Celebrating Mass, hearing confessions, everything, all the works, it's been awesome. Still feel very new to you? Yeah, definitely very new. Definitely very new. A lot to learn. A lot to learn for sure. Um, Got that new car smell on you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the oil still on the, the head. oil still on there. <laughs> Maybe still waiting for that first scratch to hit the, the side of the car. You know, you're not really sure. Just get get it over with, rip the bandaid type deal. But uh, yeah, what have you been doing the past year? So, because the last time we had you on, you were it was the middle of the pandemic. You were here for just a few months because you were going to go back to Rome to continue your studies. And there was a lot of uncertainty yeah. going on in the world yeah. at that time. So what was it like going back to, you know, to the Vatican? Yeah. Um, you know, it was, I was fortunate. So I have a, a legal residence there. So that, that allowed me to go mm. back to Rome and, and with virtually not too many issues getting back into, into Rome. And so... It was good. At the beginning, there was, there was hope at the beginning of the fall semester that, you know, we'd have a pretty normal semester, just, you know, have a mask on in church and then, uh, and, and also a mask in school. But the, uh, that, that slowly took a turn, uh, in Italy. And they really? had, they had, yeah, they had some, they, they had, their cases rose pretty high. So pretty quickly, we were online. Um, okay. So, so yeah. you weren't in like a bubble, you no, know, like the NBA no, bubble. I didn't, we didn't get the know? NBA bubble. We <laughs> were, uh, yeah, we, we, we ventured out. So the, the place where I live is it's its own like dormitory. Okay. So it, it's really just the place where we live. And then we take our classes some, somewhere else. Okay. So we go, we, we, I have a 30 minute walk across the city uh-huh. to get to my classes and so there was no really way to bubble because yeah. we have in my house there's like four or five different universities people go to. So you had to go to different places and so it was Oh, so it's not just one university. You're going class oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Now now each individual usually only has one university they go to, but there's of the hundred and fifty of us, some of them go to this university, some that, and so there's different ones. So there was no way to really bubble um in the way that the MBA did or other seminaries tried to yeah, do Yeah, like as the, well. the seminary here in Houston, they, they had their own bubble. Exactly, exactly. So we weren't, we weren't able to do that. Um, and then Rome closed down schools and we basically followed anything they said for their, their, their schools. So we, you know, about three months there, it was what they called a red zone, uh, Zona Rosa, and you couldn't leave your um, domicile was the, the rule. So you couldn't uh-huh. re- leave your house unless you had an essential reason and you had to have a, a whole report that said why you were leaving wow. and what you were going for. And so there was only certain things you could go for, like going to the supermarket. If you had a very particular job, they allowed you to go to work. Okay. And tobacco, because Rome runs on tobacco. So <laughs> Tobacco. So if you the most obscure <laughs> things, tobacco, right? <laughs> so they let you go out and get tobacco if you needed. But other than Here that, in Texas, it would have been like barbecue, I think. Right? Barbecue, yeah. probably. That's, that's That's probably a good call. I don't know. So yeah, then, uh, but so we were, we were stuck in the seminary for about three months. Uh, and we spent Christmas at the seminary and everything. There was no, there was no exit in, at that time. So you couldn't leave. Um, so even if you were in the Vatican, you still went to mass online. No, sorry, not mass. We got mass in in house. So we once once they closed down, we uh-huh. had priests that we had mass that we were okay. In, no, in that's the chapel. good. School also, you was were online. Yeah, we were to... very blessed. We were very blessed. Uh, so that we mass, uh, thanks be to God, was in person always. But school flipped to being online. Okay, pretty quickly um, for a while, and so 
it was it was an interesting experience, and everything was kind of closed down. I mean, it's a it's it, it's a unique place in Rome right now, uh-huh. and especially this past year. I mean, getting into St. Peter's Basilica, the main basilica uh, in the Vatican, yes, is uh, usually like in a normal day tourism it's packed yeah it's packed you're you're waiting 30 to 40 minutes just, just to get just to get inside the oh, building oh wow i didn't yeah. know you had to wait that long to get yeah wow. it's it's free but they have they have security to get in and so uh-huh. it takes that long just to get in wow. but so it was it was incredible to experience if i wanted to go in the afternoon you just walk up and it's a five minute walk because there's no tourism so there was no people uh-huh. coming in and out so it was just just people who wanted to go pray for a little bit and and, and they were empty i mean it was just empty churches um, but, uh, yeah, so it was, it was kind of a wild, wild wow. experience. And then, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't get out to restaurants or anything like that, any kind of travel because they were all closed. They were very, wow. a lot more strict than they were in the United States. So uh-huh. it wasn't until I was leaving Rome that they just slowly started opening up and at the end of May for, mm-hmm. um, outdoor dining, um, only. And so... It was it was kind of a long journey where you were you were only getting delivered food. I mean, I should have bought stock in the delivery company we would use at my <laughs> seminary just for all the food that I ordered and uh, and we ordered in. So but only deliveries, only deliveries, or yeah. you cook for yourself, or you cook for yourself. And mm-hmm. we have a nice kitchen staff that cook, cooks really good food, but they're they're really good at Italian. They do great. Other stuff. I wonder why. Home. Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's curious, but they they're very good. Even for like cooking for 150 people, it's amazing how uh-huh. well they can cook uh, Italian food, and it just the quality is really good. But you know, if you're wanting something else, uh, you're wanting uh, good American burger, you're wanting Chinese, you're wanting Mexican, you, you just can't. Wow, the kitchen's not going to provide you for that. So that's uh-huh. when you would order, order. food in. Okay, and uh, is there a lot of variety there in the Vatican? It's not like Houston, of... I'll tell you that. It's not like Houston, but uh, you you can you can find some stuff. And I tell people it's like you don't want to get something American or something you would expect to find in the U.S. Like in your first two months back. Why is that? Because you still have a taste oh. of what it tastes like in Houston. So you don't want to. You don't want to immediately go because then you're going to be like, oh, it's not good. But once uh-huh. you have like two or three months away. And you've forgotten. And- yeah, you've forgotten and your own like <laughs> desire for it has taken over so much. Uh-huh. Then you can then you can order and it, it's it's satisfying. So that's always my strategy. I give it a long time to go into the Italian food, get back to the really good Italian pasta. And then once I get tired of that, then I'm ready for some good Mexican or good Chinese that Rome has to offer. We'll remember that, you know, when we, when we go and you know, travel abroad. That's right. Yeah. When you have three months in Rome, <laughs> wait till the third month to get the Mexican food. So. Now, the last time you were here, you, you said that you were hoping on being able to do some pilgrimages. Uh, were you able to go out at all or do any of that stuff yeah. that you were you wanted to do? Visit, I, I believe you said you wanted to visit Lourdes, I think, and you said um, you wanted to see the original image of St. Faustina. Mm-hmm. Were you yeah. able to go at all? Or were no, you really stuck in We were Rome? really really pretty much stuck. I got I got two two places I got to go in the whole time. So that was that was nice, but I didn't I didn't get to go. One of the places I always love going every October first uh, is the feast of Saint Therese of Lisieux. Yes. And I always like going to Lisieux, North France, uh-huh. and going to the Basilica there for her feast day. It's a beautiful little French town, and and then you can drive up to Normandy where the beaches of D-Day took yes. place. Yes, wow! And so it's, it's so you a, were able to do that. I was not. That's sorry. Oh. That's what I did not do, and okay. that, that was that was that's what I always loved to do at the beginning. And I had everything planned, and it was open. Uh huh. But that right at the end of September is when everything in Europe just went back to shut down. And that was shortly after you had arrived. Exactly. So I I wrote, I, I got there, and then. I had it all planned to go back that I had done uh, this tradition I had made for myself. And um, yeah, I just, uh, it fell through right at the end. So I, I went to a little town, San Gimignano, so it has a saint there. Um, it was just more just a getaway. It was the only place that I could go because they kind of restricted it to the state that okay. you lived in in Italy. So it would be as if like the United States, you can only travel within Texas. Type okay. And so that was one of the places that was just had a nice little medieval looking town. And uh-huh. 
it was nice. So we went there. But then I got to go to Milan, which was really, mm. really nice. It's a great place. Um, St. Charles Borromeo is there. And uh, so I got to go visit his tomb. And then it's the place where Augustine was baptized by St. Ambrose. So a lot of history there. Nice. Great cathedral. So uh, you still were able to go around and do stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely still able Some to touristy do touristy things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't totally deprived. <laughs> so for the, so you've been hard at work studying. Did you finish your degree? No. So this past year, I started a new degree. Okay. Um, so I had finished, uh, last year I had finished my STB is what they call it, uh, Sacred Theology Bachelors or Bachelors in Sacred Theology, um, like kind of the ma- general masters that would translate to a more American system, like a general masters in theology, uh-huh. which um, everyone in the most priests get this kind of general masters theology degree. And now I started a, a specialization, a new degree in a specialization of moral theology. It's called a license in moral theology. And so this license uh, is a two-year program, which okay. is why I'm going back this year to finish that degree that I had started. So you're a year into it. I'm one year into it. Yeah. And then after that? After that, then I'm back in June of 2022, I guess it would be, 2022, and I'll get a full-time assignment in the diocese, more full-time. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm doing now. Let's talk about your ordination. Yeah. This is your wedding day. Yeah. What you've been building towards for the past how many years? The dream since you were a little kid doing your preaching in the shower, your homilies, yeah. you're finally there. What was it like? Yeah, it was it was incredible. Um just so much joy. I was so I was so overwhelmed with uh excitement, uh, happy. So many people there. It was it was exciting, you know, there was on the way in, we were we were all lined up. I remember, and I was seeing all these priests, all these deacons that uh-huh. I had known, and I went out to say hello to them, and just was and just celebrating. And actually, the procession for the mass started uh, without me. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What happened? <laughs> they were. I. They. No one knew that I was back in the back of the line talking to priests and and saying things. And so uh-huh. I, uh, um, yeah, I went. So they grabbed me like. <laughs> They're like, Deacon Joseph, you got to come back up here. The, the procession has started. I was like, oh, my goodness. So I went up, and luckily my classmates had waited for me so that we could all go in together. But okay, the procession so it was wasn't... kind of farther up, up, yeah. Okay, so it wasn't like the three of them went up, and then you no, come no, running no, up they afterwards. Were, they were no. generous enough to wait for me. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, I was thinking of going back to the the live stream and looking at that. You should, you should, you're going to see a large gap. And then all of a sudden us four come in the the procession. Cause they were waiting for you. They were waiting for you. Cause you're talking too much. I was talking too much (laughs) behind. It's a, it's a, it's a classic problem I have to be honest. So that was, it was awesome. And then just to, I remember the procession in seeing all the priests come in and, and everything was just amazing. And, and the whole thing was, it's one of those things where you go to so many ordinations, you see yeah. all these things. And I think I talked to Father Chad and even Father Houston and Father Wayne a little bit about, it was amazing at the rehearsal that we weren't the ones running it. We were the ones that were receiving Oh, because uh, you got so used to running it. Yeah, you got so used to running it, serving it. You always had something to do. And uh-huh. this time it was for you. And uh, it was... It was really surreal to feel that, and then when you're you're in the moment, it's it's crazy. I mean, I always, even in my diaconate, I was struck by this, but I'm struck by it in the priesthood. When you you have the litany of the saints and yes. the the uh, the ordinands, the guy's going to be ordained, lay down, prostrate yes. on the on the marble floor. You have the litany of the saints at the end. It um, we say, bless these chosen men, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and that's surreal, always surreal that that they're talking about me and everyone in that moment. Yes, that many people are praying for you at yes. that moment specifically. And um, so that was it's just it's 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 absolutely crazy. Um, and it was it was amazing. Yeah, I loved every moment of it. It was it's a blur to be honest. I mean, I think probably I'm sure people in their weddings would say the same thing. It's, it's, it's <laughs> so exciting, but it's kind of a blur. You're just, and you're such on cloud nine that, uh, but it was, it was incredible. Was your whole family there? Yeah. I had a great, 
number of my family. So all my immediate family was there, my two brothers, my brother's wife and his kids and my other brother. Oh, they came in from out of town. They did, yeah. So I, my my oldest brother is married with uh, four kids, lives in College Station. So he came in. And then my other brother actually lives in Atlanta, Georgia. So he came in with his uh-huh. girlfriend. And then my... Um, my my grandma came as well from Minnesota, which was really nice. nice. She hadn't traveled at all at that wow. point for uh, COVID, and yes. so she uh, that was really really a grace to be able to have her there. And she she was really strict with herself throughout the whole year because she had wanted to come to my ordination. Oh and, and, wow! And so uh, it was special to have her there for sure. That was her driving force. That was her driving it's like force. I'm isolating to be able to go to this ordination. Exactly. I'm wearing this mask so I can go to this exactly. ordination. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. She's like, I'm not going to miss it. And so um, it worked, and she was there. And, and then I had a, a great number of extended family. I think we had 40 or 50 of my extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles, all from out of town. Most of them don't even live in Texas. So it's wow. it was great to see them travel a long way. Now, the original plan was there to be – was it was supposed to be a limited amount of people, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like I think it was like a week or so before, the archdiocese said – all right, since the CDC has changed their guidelines, we're going to change our guidelines too. Next thing you know, there's a whole flood of people. Yeah. How many people were there supposed to be originally? Originally, we were given about 125 invites. Uh It was fluctuating a lot. So it was kind of like in between 100 and 150 invitations we were Uh given uh, for for seats, people that we were allowed Uh to to So more or less, a little less than 600 people altogether. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, And so... It would that was going to be right at half capacity of the co cathedral. Okay, um, so people could distance a little. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, then then as you said, just a couple of weeks before we opened up, and um, yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. Did it, it surprise you seeing all those people? It really did. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and that was that was pretty awesome because I. That's something I love about ordinations. Is yes. you just have it's packed with people and the joy that people have. It's beautiful to see, and we just haven't had that. And uh, yeah. we both of the ordinations last year were very limited. Yeah. So to see to see that was really really powerful, and to be able to have so many priests because we were going to be limited on the number of priests. Oh, that's and, right. And it's a very powerful moment in the ordination when the priests come by and lay hands. Yes. And so to have that many of my brother priests come in was just, uh, was, yeah, amazing. And the other thing, and I'm not sure how aware you guys were of this, but this was really live streamed. Mm. This is, you know, at this point, the archdiocese had gotten the live stream thing down. You know, okay, it's already at the level of being a, you know, broadcast television style live stream. Were you guys aware of the cameras? Did you feel that the cameras were near you or on or anything like that? Or no, actually, no, no not, not really. Um, yeah, it was. They they did a great job, I guess, of staying um, hidden and, and in great places. But yeah, I didn't. I wasn't noticing that much um, of the cameras. Yeah, it's not going to be like a concert where they've got a camera right. Yeah, in your face, right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let's yeah, focus on that tear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need that that tear right there. Maybe one day they'll get that intense, but you know who knows. Have no, a drone yeah. flying right in yeah, front of you exactly. while you guys are prostrate. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, yeah, but it, I didn't. I didn't notice it at all. But that, yeah, it was. That that is another benefit. I mean, the the quality was definitely a lot better. Oh yeah. Um, than it it was at the beginning, just because you're, you're everyone's working out the kinks. At yes, the beginning. exactly. And there was a shortage of equipment. Yeah. And all of that because you know they stopped producing because the factories had all shut down and everything. And but I mean, and the other thing that that made it even I mean huge is like. So the church is packed. Now you've got even more people live streaming because this is an event that everybody was looking forward to. This was the first big event mm-hmm. for the archdiocese since COVID. Yeah. Did you guys feel like all that anticipation, like electricity in the air with everybody yeah. Yeah, so I mean, excited about it? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it certainly, it did feel like this big, big event that uh, took place. And yeah, I mean, that wasn't, there was so much going on, to be honest, in, in the background of our, our minds, or at least mine, I should speak for myself, that I wasn't really, I wasn't thinking about how this was probably the, 
the one open event that we've had in the Archdiocese, the first one since COVID. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely felt that way when you were there, the the amount of energy um, and excitement. And and I had a lot of even my Protestant uh, friends, a lot of my Protestant brothers and sisters who um, they were there and, and they, you know, they so it was very foreign to them, uh-huh. a lot of the things we did, but they, they did comment on how beautiful it was to see the priest come lay hands and then us share a sign of peace and just, it was kind of almost this moment feeling of kind of healing. Like we finally have made it past a little bit of this yes. COVID where we can embrace each other now and get back to a little bit more normal. And what was it like last year? Was there no embracing? Was there? Yeah. I mean, I can speak. I don't I'm remember. trying to remember exactly what happened for the priesthood, but I think it was the exact same for us. I mean, in the diaconate, it was just a bow of the sign of peace from wow. the deacons to deacons. And so I think the same with the priest. And and you were all masked up during the yeah, whole thing, too. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just a way different event. And everything was limited, as I said. So there was, this time we had probably about 80 priests. I mean, before it was like 10, you know, wow. maybe. So it was, it was cool to Did see. Did you ever talk to any of the other, um, the priests that were ordained the year before? Did they ever tell you guys got the the, the big treatment with yeah, the you know with, yeah, yeah, yeah. with all the priests with all the guests and with did they ever say anything to you? You know they really they were really pretty nice. They didn't give me a hard <laughs> time about it. Um, I mean I think I'd said to them I'm really you know it's this is awesome. I'm sorry you guys didn't get to experience this a little bit, but they I mean they were they no. were understanding. I mean I think they if anything it's probably. Um, some of the classes behind us that both of our classes might say like, oh, you didn't even, you know, you didn't have to experience just these limited numbers, uh-huh. you know, because I think they might have had a little sympathy. It was definitely different, but they might have had a little sympathy on us because our diaconate was very oh, restricted and very limited. So we we had we had somewhat of an experience of it. Certainly for the priesthood is is the one though that you would want it to be open for. Yes, so it exactly. Was, it was sad for. For those guys, but yeah, they they they're they've been they've been nice. Maybe they're holding it back. They're waiting. They're giving us a little time to like enjoy the, it, and then they're gonna take. They're gonna rub it in a little bit. <laughs> in the back of their head, they're probably like, "If I had paused my discernment for one year, <laughs> <laughs> could have had a huge celebration." Yeah, I doubt that regrets in their minds. To be honest, I would uh, even if mine was limited, and I knew the next year it wouldn't be. I'd, I'd much rather be a priest this oh, year. Oh yeah. Is there anything that that during the whole experience that really sticks with you, any one particular memory that you're just going to take with you the entire time, like up until you're, you know, you're old and gray and... The biggest moment for me in my ordination that just, you know, I hadn't, I, I was so happy and they actually say, I think I think it's a advice they sometimes give people if you don't want to cry in an event to smile a lot. Uh-huh. Because when you're smiling, apparently it's really hard to cry. Oh, okay. Um, and I was just smiling. I wasn't trying not to cry, but I was so happy. I was smiling a lot in my ordination. Uh-huh. So I didn't actually have any tears until we got to uh, the Eucharist, the liturgy of the Eucharist. Uh-huh. And I was brought up to be a concelebrant to help celebrate uh-huh. the... Uh, and so... Yes. That moment was the first time I actually had tears in my eyes because I couldn't believe that at then... You know, like 30 minutes before, if I had said these words, nothing would happen. But now I yes. say these words and uh, they confect the Eucharist. That was a moment that I think I'll probably take with me. It just, it was, wow. it was kind of like, one, I was behind the altar looking out. And so I was, it felt like a new position. Yes. And, uh, and it just all kind of, wow, I can't believe this just happened. And that like, I'm now can celebrating this mass and. And so it was. That was that was probably a moment where it was just it hit me a little bit. Um, this is it. This is yeah. Wow. Everything has changed. I am a priest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think one thing I've I've loved is is confession for sure, and that that too. The, my first confessions and and hearing confessions have been just a surreal moment as mm-hmm. well. I think it's the most surreal because you're in a position that you've never really even witnessed yes. or um, experienced. You've only experienced your own confession to a priest. Yes. And then suddenly as a priest, you're on the other side and you've yes. never been there. You've never even seen it. It's not like, oh, let me go watch this guy's confession and see how it goes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're just... It's, so it's... It was it was it was a humbling experience and such an honor, but... Uh, and that was, that was a surreal moment for me on day one because the way I did... 
my schedule is I had the ordination in the morning at 10, and then I had, I heard the parish confessions that, that evening. Wow. Um, and then I had my first mass at 5.30 p.m. that evening. So I kind of did the whole, the whole run. Um, and uh, I wanted to do it because um, it just, it somewhat it made sense in the schedule. But also, uh, that, that day was actually my 26th birthday. Oh. The day of the ordination was wow. my birthday. Oh, so you'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it actually was, it was a grace because I, I forget dates all the time. <laughs> so now I don't have to remember it. Now, the, the ordination date, it moved several times, didn't it? Um, the the diaconate did. Okay. This one, this one did not. This one okay. was, I actually knew for about a couple of years because we always do it first Saturday of June. And so okay. I, I looked ahead and saw, oh, wow, it's going to be on my birthday because my birthday is June 5th. and. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know what? Like, it's going to be my, well, let's make this the best birthday ever. I'm going to have my first oh, mask. I'm going to have awesome. confessions, yes. everything. Everything all on that one day. All on that one day if it's possible. And so I did, and it was awesome. Let's rewind to when you were laying prostrate. Yeah. All right. And the litany of the saints. Now, Deacon, oh, well, Father Houston, excuse me. Father Houston said that you, you all able to choose the saints, some of the saints. Mm-hmm. Do you remember which ones you chose? Yeah, I chose uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux. I figured that was yours. Yeah, yeah. I heard that when I said that's that's probably Father Hughes, uh, Father uh, Joseph's. Yeah, yeah, that was because um, you had mentioned your deep love for yeah, Saint Therese. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was that was my number one choice. I also um, had Saint Teresa of Calcutta. I think was an alternate, and I'm trying to remember. Um, Oh, because of your experience in yeah, in India. In India was uh was my next one. And so I put those two and um you know I the the amazing thing is some of the the ones my, my favorite saints are already in the, the litany, so yes. they don't you don't need to add any. So I put those two down. Uh-huh. I think uh but but yeah, like Saint Joseph, of course, he's already in there. Would be yes. num- number one for me, and then Saint Barnabas is a unique saint. That's my my confirmation saint. Okay, but uh, yeah, it's um, so he he would be one that I put in there. John Vianney, Saint John Vianney, of course, for the priesthood. But yeah, Saint Therese was my my big the big one that I wanted to be in there, and so so now you you said you're. You did your first mass. Where was that? Was that at your, that was at your home parish? It was St. Michael's in Lake Jackson. Yeah, that was that was there. It was very nice. Uh, I had a great great turnout of family to be there for the five thirty p.m. mass, and then I did the next two masses the next day. And actually, one of the cool things that I got to do is my nephew, who's also my godson, uh-huh. and one of my cousins, who's um, about seven years old. They uh, they both needed to receive first communion, and so we oh, worked it out yes. that I would uh, give my nephew first communion, and then his grandpa, who was a deacon, served at that mass and gave hit my cousin first communion. So the next day, I was giving first doing a first communion mass. It was awesome. That is great. Yeah, it was and really was, cool. I saw that online. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. That was, that's the nice thing about COVID. Everything's live streamed. It's true. After. So, it's true. Yeah. so I saw. I saw. I think all four of you. I saw all four of your first oh, masses, yeah, good. which was awesome. Yeah. Now, at the end of your first mass, you you handed your parents. Yeah, these, it's a beautiful tradition. Yeah, C- could you say something yeah, about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So at the end of the first mass, I I followed in the tradition that um, you give the manaturgium, uh, which is the little cloth that the priest uses after the bishop will rub chrism on his hands and consecrating his hands for the celebration of the Eucharist. And then you go and you take this little cloth called the manaturgium and you wipe off the chrism. And then you give that manaturgium to your mother. Um, and it often happens at the first mass as I did it. And you give it to your mother and it's this recognition that she has given you over to the Lord um, and a gift back to her. And so the... Um, the sentiment is is that when she she'll she'll be buried with this manaturgium, yes, and uh, and so that when she reaches the the gates of heaven, um, then when the Lord says, "What have you done for me?" and she can say, "I gave you a priest," and then give him the cloth that I uh, wiped my hands on, and then my dad um, received this stole that I used for my first confession, and uh-huh. so uh, 
And, and yeah, the, the idea is that uh, your dad, who is the first one to teach you justice and teach you about mercy, is the uh-huh. one who receives that stole. And that is so, so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he could present that at the pearly gates as well. Exactly, exactly. Wow. that yeah. that Just those two things alone is almost worth the... <laughs> the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just just saying that, okay, mom, dad, I'm going to give you a leg up on your, you know, give you a better shot of getting into heaven. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Become a priest. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Did they say anything to you, your parents, anything in particular in your ordination hmm. or the first mass? Yeah. I mean, they were, they were, they were so proud of me. Um, and I think that was... That was their big message to me. They were just so overwhelmed with joy and excitement and and just grateful. They also were working really hard. So they really? they, they put on the reception for me oh, afterwards. Yeah. So they were they had a lot to do and they I mean they did such a great job. It was beautiful. My mom made all the decorations and everything. My dad put together the food and so it was a great celebration. It? Where'd you have it? We had it. There's a little civic center uh-huh. in in in, uh, in Lake Jackson, right across from the street. So we we had it there, and then we had a barbecue place from uh, Lake Jackson, Brian's Barbecue. They're parishioners of St. Michael's, friends of ours. Brian's Barbecue uh, catered in and and had it for us, and so that was that was really nice. How long do you have here from yeah. from when you arrived? Yeah, so you go I back? got here. I got here May twenty second to get here a little early before the ordination, uh-huh. and I'll leave um, in September fifteenth. And so that's that's a nice chunk of time to be here. So it is catching it's, up it's, with it's everybody. And yeah, that's exactly what's been going on. I've been catching up with a lot of people, seeing a lot of people, and trying to to uh, yeah, just get to know some people that I hadn't seen in a long time and, and just spend time with them. But it's the, awesome that like all the regulations started getting lifted right when you right when you arrived. Oh yeah, it was it so was you, huge. It was really helpful. Um, and then now I'm I'm assigned as a parochial vicar for these for 2 months of July and August at, uh-huh. at Resurrection Church and uh, it's in Denver Harbor area of Houston, which is east of 59 right off of I10. So why that church? Why not here? St. Faustina. <laughs> I can't answer that question, <laughs> and I don't know, but... Uh, they didn't say anything to you? No, yeah, they, they assigned me there, and so it was... Um, yeah, so it's good. It's, uh, it's, been, yeah, it's been a great experience. So I don't... I, they, yeah, they don't, they don't give us the details of why they decided to send certain places, people certain places. Oh, so. I know. I, you're like, well, he had a short time here last summer. Yeah, exactly. Right? I, yeah. I know. I need a little bit longer, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and when you were here, it was during... Still, most of the lockdown That's true. was still happening while you were here. You you kind of had like the short end of the stick. Yeah, where Deacon Houston eventually, Father Houston, he was here as a deacon for you know for that year. So there were times when he was able to spend. You know, when things started slowly lifting. That's right. That's right. Do you feel like you yeah. got cheated a little? <laughs> no, I mean I don't because everyone did really. I mean, well, that's true. It yeah. was I wasn't the only one that had that. That difficulty and and I was and I honestly was blessed to be here at Saint Faustina. I love this place so much, and I knew I was. It was already such a gift to be here that um, I didn't I didn't feel gypped at all. I mean, I it was I was supposed to be in Mexico last summer studying uh-huh. Spanish, so this was something that um, I was just blessed to be able to be a part of. You know, Father Houston was always going to be here. Uh, but he was gracious enough to let another per- one of his classmates come in with him, and Father Dave Michael and Father Dad were welcoming for me. So it was mostly like I was just glad to have a home last summer, uh-huh. and so and, and then how how awesome that it would be at Saint Faustina. So yeah, it 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 is uh, it, it was a huge blessing last summer, and and so and it's great this summer to experience uh, a new a new part of the part of Houston. That's new, true. We can't parish. keep you all to ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, but you did spend like was it a week or a weekend here doing yeah, masses? Yeah, I, uh, I did a couple masses on Sunday. Um, did you keep Father Dad up late at night? Yeah, yeah. All no, your talking in the no, evening, I like actually before? didn't even stay at the rectory. I <laughs> oh, was, okay. Uh, yeah, my I was, was it because he was parents. complaining? Yeah, last? yeah, exactly. It was he's like he doesn't let me stay in the rectory anymore. <laughs> yeah, so uh, no, I was with my parents and drove up. Um, okay, do it. Yeah. So, so Father Dad wasn't like, no, you can't stay here because you all talk too much. <laughs> keep me up late at night. No, no. Gonna- <laughs> to be fair, I didn't ask, but uh, 
Yeah, no, I yeah, I'm sure he'd be fine. But uh, yeah, no, we we definitely did keep him up. We had a great time last summer, um, all of us, and so it was great. So two two months as a parochial vicar there. Did you know on your ordination? So did you get a letter like everyone else did? So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Yeah, it was so the tradition in the archdiocese here is that the day before your ordination, they, the Cardinal Leonardo will take you into uh, take you aside and, and give you the letter of assignment. So yeah, uh-huh. uh, the Friday before, well, during, right before rehearsal, he he took each of us into um, into the side room and just gave us our assignment. And so that's when he told me that I would be going to Resurrection Church. Yeah. That's good because I was thinking about that. During the whole ordination, I'm like, the three other priests, they're going to have an assignment. I was like, everyone knows you're going back to Rome. Yeah. So there wasn't that suspense of where is he going to go? You know, everybody guessing, you know, placing bids or whatever, you know. So so you knew that you were going to be sent somewhere for a couple of months. I did know I would have a couple months. Okay, so there was still that anticipation of where. Yeah, not nearly as much. I mean, so. Of course. Yeah, you, but uh, yeah, it was... um, I, I was wondering, and it was yeah, it was great to. Did you guys, you know, place bets or something, or e- even you know, without money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where who's going to get sent? Oh yeah, or... we had all these different theories on what was going to happen, and uh... did it work out the way you thought it was for the most part, or were there big surprises? You know, I don't think, I don't think I got any one of us correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my initial guesses of what would where we would go. So. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think I don't think I did. I'm not really sure. I'm trying to remember if any any guys got got them right. Um, I think we knew someone would go to St. Vincent de Paul. I don't know if we knew it would be Father Houston. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was probably the only one that most of us kind of knew something was going to happen that like because they needed someone. somebody. Yeah, we just knew that there was going to be a that there was going to be a hole there, and so yeah, we uh, and so yeah, we that's 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 I think the one that maybe we had any idea that maybe someone would go there. But the other ones I think were just kind of um, great assignments, but we just didn't didn't know, uh, didn't expect it. It's nice that you still got a letter because it would have been kind of weird if they, okay, here's your letter. You're going back to the Vatican, you know? <laughs> Big surprise, <laughs> yeah, right? You get to do what you knew you were going to do. <laughs> yeah, no, it was nice. It was nice to get a letter. Um, and um, yeah, so it's been, and it's been great. What do you have planned for the for the rest of your stay here? Is there anything else that you still have to do? Um, you know, kind of, uh, this just comes to mind. I, I have a random uh, conference in Bismarck, North Dakota. I have to go mm-hmm. out to for a couple days. Um, so that that's um, something I'll do in a couple weeks just to go. And it's part of a certificate I'm getting that accompanies the degree in bio, uh, bioethics degree. So it kind of helps you mm. with um, different things with hospitals, like hospital ethics. Okay. Uh, is is what I need to focus on a lot and what I've talked to, um, what it seems like the archdiocese really needs uh, some guidance in in some ways because we have so many Catholic hospitals. So yes. okay. it's important that uh, we have people who know the policies of uh, different uh, bioethical procedures and such. And so um, that's uh, this certificate is going to be helpful. It's the National Catholic Bioethics Center that puts it on. And so do a two-day seminar there, and then I have a certificate program throughout the year that I'll continue to work on. So I have that. I In September, I'll have a little time for family, uh-huh. and I'll probably go on a little trip with my brothers. We had wanted oh, to do great. that before yeah. my ordination, but it just didn't work out because I was taking finals uh, because my schedule in Rome is very different than the one here. So I was still in the midst of finals when my ordination rolled around. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I had... I didn't really have time, and it would have been really stressful for me to leave the weekend before. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so we, we pushed off a, a brother's trip um, and until later. So we, we did it with my older brother when he got married, and so we wanted to do it for me, and then we'll probably do it for my other brother when he gets married. Did you ever hook up with any of um, the other guys from your, uh, from your class or from the seminary that had discerned out? Um. That's a good question. I mean, I... Uh, did any of them show up at the ordination? Or? They they did. Um, so one of them that was in my class, always in my class, he was at the ordination. Uh, he is now... Um, he discerned out of the archdiocese, but he's now entering with the Dominican 
oh. um, the Dominicans here, the southern province. So he's just starting with them, and so it's a is since the path changed, he has a little bit of extra more time more time before he becomes a priest. But uh-huh. uh, he decided to become a religious priest. I met with some that weren't really my classmates, but uh, were one above me. Uh, there was one. One guy who I was pretty good friends, we'd always play basketball together, and he came, and he was married, had a couple kids. And oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting to see just how different paths take exactly. place. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's just like, you know, after high school, see where everybody ends up. Yeah. Were you able to, were you in the seminary at the same time as Father Ryan? I Father w- Ryan okay, Stallis? So, yeah, I was, I in, in the sense that uh, we were both seminarians in the archdiocese, but I never actually overlapped in the same seminary with uh, okay. Father Ryan Stallways because he was he went to Louisiana to start his Oh, that's right. Yes. And then he studied in Houston and I was in Dallas and then and I And then went you to went to okay. So, him and I never really overlapped. I knew him uh, fairly well. I mean, not not we weren't that close, but uh-huh. I knew I knew him. Um yeah, so that was that was a pretty tragic moment for the Archdiocese, right at the beginning of summer, and uh, right after the high of the ordination. Yeah, then that news hits. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But he's such a I'm, I know he means a lot to this community here at Saint oh, Faustina, yeah. and he's he's such an inspiration. And it was actually pretty important for me in my own journey as beginning priesthood to see him and how faithful he lived his life. Oh, yeah, and, uh, even all the way to the end. Yeah, exactly. We were supposed to have him on the show. Really? It was, oh, it, it hurts me when I think about it because we were supposed to have him on the show on a Monday. We were going to, we were going to record the interview. And the weekend before was when he got, when he started feeling bad and they had to rush him to the hospital. Oh, oh man. we could have had his story down, yeah. you know. And, but, you know, yeah, that's life. That's, that's God's plan. We'll find out why. Sometime, you know, exactly, <laughs> when, we're, when, exactly. we, when we get there, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out soon enough. But yeah, he's such a such a good man and a good good uh, priest uh, so to I, model. I notice you've got like a bit of a tan going on. Yeah. Like, I guess you've been wearing sunglasses. You've been doing stuff at the church, <laughs> vacation Bible school, <laughs> outdoors um, stuff. Is that what it you is? You know, it's actually probably what happens is my pastor is is out of town right now, uh-huh. um, and I take care of his dogs. He has two German shepherds. Okay. So I'm spending a lot of time outside walking them around. They have a ton of energy. <laughs> and so if I don't walk them around, you know, things start going bad. So I... Uh, okay. I thought I, maybe you spent some time with the, the youth outdoors playing sports or something. No, no, I haven't. Um, yeah, they... <laughs> That's uh, a lot of walking for you to get a tan like I that. I know, but. I know. Yeah, they... Uh, no, I... But... Uh, yeah, I, the youth they usually do their their sports after the sun goes down, which makes sense, or else you look like me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think it's it's that, and um, sometimes I mean I I with so many masses actually we greet people outside that I'm outside a good a good amount, but uh, yeah, so that's uh I, oh I that's true yeah after mass you're outside shaking hands saying hello to everyone yeah, blessing and exactly so I I do spend a good number a good while outside. Um, pretty often. But yeah, I'm not really exactly sure why I ended up with a tan. I do like to, I've been running outside a lot as well. Um, my own personal exercise so that could have oh. been contributed. You're, you're not able to do that that much in Italy during the lockdown, I suppose. No. Yeah. You, um, they would allow exercise. There's a, there's only a few times where it was discouraged to even go exercise, but, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty hard to, uh, to get out. And, and then my, I think my seminary was just wanted you to stay and we had a gym that you could in a track that I would run on but uh, okay but to, it's nice to get out in the city of Rome and just just run throughout the streets I mean it's just an experience you don't get to have outside of Italy to see all these beautiful places so going back to Italy what are the plans so you said that you're going to finish your degree it's another year mm-hmm. so after that you come back to Houston and what is what are the long-term plans for you are you are you going to become like a professor at the seminary? Is that what's going to happen? Are you being groomed for that? Or yeah, I. Did they tell you what they don't? They don't tell you these things, to be honest. <laughs> uh, they they don't tell you exactly what happens. I mean, so I I actually the the short answer is I don't know. Um, the long answer is probably that the degree that I'm getting allows me to teach at the seminary. Okay. Um, so it, it 
it gives me the opportunity where I could teach classes at the seminary in the sense that I have uh, the degree where I can teach at a master's level theology. Okay. Um, so that is on the table, I guess, for me, since I have the degree. But like I said, it, it really depends on what Cardinal Leonardo decides and what the next bishop would want for me with my degree. Uh-huh. And um, But I think mainly... The idea is it's just it gives Cardinal Donardo a priest who has knowledge in these certain areas. Uh-huh. And if he needs advice to call, he can um I'm I'd be available to answer any questions or help maybe do some research in some areas that he has some questions on or something like that. So You gotta I, have that pool of priests that are experts in certain areas. Exactly. When okay. things come up, you wanna you wanna have certain priests that you can call and ask uh-huh. what's going on. And you know, I'm not the only one that'll have a especially and moral theology, and uh-huh. so he ha- he has a pool of priests that he can call yeah. in certain issues. So, so yeah, long an- I mean, that's the kind of the long answer. But again, the short answer is that we just I just don't know um, what what it'll look like. I know that it'll be a lot of parish work. It would it wouldn't be like immediate to the seminary okay. or immediate like um, maybe coming to Faustina. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah, something something like that would be uh, certainly what I would. What it seems like would be my first assignment would be in a parish. Yeah, make up for that that summer. Yeah, that last, that I know. Diaconate summer that got shortened and you know locked down and everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you have any um, other plans for the the future for yourself when you get back or or in in Italy? No, I mean <clears throat> nothing. Nothing too concrete. I mean, I. In Italy, we'll be this year. We'll be kind of making up. Speaking of making up, we'll be making up for um, my time last year of not being able to go to some places that I wanted to uh-huh. go to, and I'll probably go travel a little bit to Spain. I'd li- I want to get to Spain, uh, Barcelona. Um, I haven't been been out there, and so just a couple places that I'd like to actually see that I haven't. I, I'm, I'm I love skiing. I love going snow skiing. Uh, and so I've always wanted to ski the Swiss Alps, so I Ooh, might try that wow. this year. Uh, when it's That's it's cool. already a kind of an expensive trip, but it's cheaper when you're in, when you start in Italy yes. versus starting in the United States. So I'd love to do that um, this but, coming year. So all the other uh, seminarians or everybody studying in the Vatican, like. Do you all go out at the same time to get ordained and then you all come back priests <laughs> all at the same time? Is that how it goes? Basically, yeah. I mean, especially for us Americans uh, in the United States, I really can only speak of the United States, but uh-huh. uh, for us, yeah, we, all of us generally are getting, in my class, are getting ordained this summer, and then most of us are coming back to Rome to finish the degree. Some guys, they'll just stay in their diocese based on the needs of the diocese that they need them to stay there. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, all of us are basically ordained. There's a couple of guys that will get ordained in August, and uh, but uh, most of us are now ordained that are going to be going back. Um, That's cool. Yeah, you, it is really cool. You, you leave deacons to come back priests, a whole bunch of you yeah. at the same time. It is really, it is really cool, and it's going to be. I'm just looking forward to being a priest in Rome. I mean, that's going to be awesome because you get to go to go to different altars, go to different places where saints are and celebrate mass and just a lot of places that you've been. Wow. Celebrate mass in different places too. Yeah. Wow. What an honor. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. It's, it's a huge blessing. It's like, uh, Holy Father, move over. (laughs) I got this. I need a little room. (laughs) I'm I'm using this altar. Frankie. He's he's over there doing the angelus and then you just kind of peek out of the, I'm just kidding. No, no, you would see me in jail if that was the case. You'd see me in jail. Try to slip past security. Is that yeah, no, so you can do the doesn't doesn't work. Him. Doesn't work. No. Priests are a dime a dozen in Rome, so it's uh, you don't get much special treatment. Okay, so there. you don't get all that. It's not like flashing a badge and you're no, able to. No, not even close. Not even close. They might be more skeptical of priests in Rome than they are really <laughs> normal people. Yeah. All right. So now that you've gone through the whole experience. It's all culminated with you getting ordained, and you're 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 able to stop and think for a while because you're not in your your studies. What advice or thoughts would you like to share with any young people who may be considering entering religious life? Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I've always said, and I don't think it's really changed, is 
that you have to have a foundation of a friendship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's something that even in high school was kind of how my faith really started growing was just like kind of like a childish way of seeing that like Jesus is your best friend. And so if he's your best friend, you got to spend time with him. You got to, and kind of just seeing uh, my relationship with him through that lens has really, it's got me through here and it continues any struggle that I have to have a reliance on like a true friend that is the Lord uh-huh. and and spending time with him in adoration and being in his presence. That's, it's just, it's it's necessary and you have to do it and and so i i tell people it's kind of the starting block that you often it has to be in place before you can even make any other i can even make any other recommendations it's we like to we like to try to see what like steps 2 through 7 are uh-huh but like number if you don't have number 1 that two foundation seven, yeah you yeah. don't have the foundation the first step of having that friendship with the lord uh-huh. Um, and just kind of a commitment to that. The next ones that you're going to get all jumbled up, and uh, and then and after that, I always tell I always tell people too, like it's good to just do something. You know, we there's a little bit of a danger with people that are kind of worried about discernment or wondering should I be a priest? Should I what should I do? Da da da. One thing to do is just to act, to make an action. We can get in this like whirlwind of or vacuum of like. Let me just think, and at some point I'll come to the right answer. Oh, you're just spinning your wheels because you're caught in your head. And, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I tell I tell guys when they ask me what to do, and I said, you know what, like just pray. Yeah, have that foundation and the friendship in the Lord, and then just um do something. You know, if if if, if all of a sudden you decide, you know, I kind of want to be married, well, then go ask a girl on a date. You know, or if you like, or like ah, maybe call the vocation director. Just just make a step, and then. The Lord will lead us with when we're trying to make a step towards the Lord. Uh-huh. He's going to help guide us if that's the right step. You know, like that was my discernment. I called the vocation director, who happened to be Father Dad, uh-huh. and it was a great conversation. And yes. then I really loved it. And so then I, I made another step. Okay, I'll go to the visit the seminary. That was great. I loved it. And it just moved, moved, moved. Um, so even if you're having doubts, take a step and you'll be pushed away if it really isn't for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I Makes mean, I sense. think that's um, it's the same thing. I mean, they, in, in the same way, when I was in a senior in high school and I was kind of encountering this call, I started, I, you know, I started talking to a girl and trying to, you know, I was trying to run from it, but uh-huh. it didn't work out. Like, I think in the same way, like I was kind of, the Lord was like, no, 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 these are the steps that are right. And when I was making those steps, yeah. it, it just, there was encouragement to continue to go. Uh, versus the other steps I was taking were not right, and I knew that. And so I, I always encourage people to move forward. I've heard it said that, you know, we can't think our way into right acting; mm. we act our way into right thinking. And so, um, yeah, because people get caught up in the thinking, yeah, too much. They really do. We, we, it's easy to overthink things, but you know, we we know what are good actions. So if you act if you act according to good actions and do good things, you know, it's good to call the vocation director or it's good to take a girl on the day. Those aren't bad things. You're Uh doing good, holy things and you're acting. It can help us to really think properly about what's going on and to really hear the voice of the Lord and what he wants for us in our lives. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. Father Joseph White. Yeah. Have you gotten used to hearing that? Uh, Not quite. Not quite. (laughs) Slap yourself in the face every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, it takes takes maybe the second time to say it that it realizes for me. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. It was an honor. We oh, wish you the sure. best of luck, you know, going back to Rome and we hope to see you here, you know, assigned to St. Faustina. <laughs> in that the would future. be great. That would be great.